special edition of the Six P's podcast. Today we're focusing on year 11, namely the year 11 exam, three hours and 15 minutes. We'll go through what each section entails and provide you with some tips on how to prepare for that. That is up ahead on the Six P's podcast right now. Yes, welcome to the 6Ps podcast. It is great to have your company today, whether this is your first time listening to the podcast or you're in year 12, you've come back for a little bit more or whether you've been listening from the start. It is, as I said, fantastic to have your company today as we look over year 11 and turn our attention to the exam. And uh, I thought today would be a good opportunity just to run through the three sections. Now, the Year 11 exam is a carbon copy of the Year 12 exam. That means you get 15 minutes of reading time and three hours of writing time. And within those three hours, you'll be asked to write three uh, extended responses. And I thought I'd go through each one with you now. In case you don't, it's section A is responding or reading and responding to text or analyzing texts, that meaning text response essay. Section B is reading and comparing texts. And section C is analyzing arguments. So three sections, three hours, three responses. I thought I'd start with um, section A, uh, which you'll be writing on Macbeth by William Shakespeare really famous play. Um, Even I did it back in year 11. In fact, I reckon most people seem to have done it when they were in year 11. Um, A really great um, story, really well-written story as well, and one that you'll obviously need to revise on because it has been several months. In fact, it's almost probably been over six months since you would have studied this and sat your sack for this. So my advice, firstly, is to review the plot of the text and reread it if you can. If you get the chance as well, please read over all your notes from class and a massive, massive tip that I would give to all of you is to read over your SAC or any practice essays that you wrote along with any feedback that your teachers gave you. It's a great way um, just to give you a bit of a confidence booster so that you know um, how it's done, that you've done it before. And it's just a matter of, I guess, going over the content to make sure you are on top of it. Definitely go over the key quotations. Form a quote bank if you can. Uh, and I always say to students, write your own quote bank. Um, use all your resources. Use the internet, especially for Macbeth. Uh, there's so many resources out there. It's such a widely read text. Uh, if you are someone who struggles to memorize quotations, there are things that you can do other than simply writing them down five times in a row. Um, my advice is to print them out and pop them on your walls in your bedroom so they're always sort of thereabouts and you'll often find yourself staring at them good little technique look at characters um, go over those characters and also think about the secondary characters this isn't simply a story about Macbeth and Lady Macbeth there are so many other characters there's Duncan there's Banquo uh, there's Duffman Macduff ready to get duffed 
there's so many other characters you can analyze rather than just the two protagonists the witches too i should say they're really important too so don't forget this is merely much much more than a a two character play once you've sort of nailed those characters you can then look at themes and, and the themes that come up most often are power and ambition guilt um, ideas surrounding nobility integrity and honesty uh, gender the supernatural especially through the witches fear death but it's not just limited to that again there's so many themes and they often what you'll find is they um, sort of intertwine with each other to form um, the whole text if you want to go a little bit deeper you can do a little bit of a next level analysis that might mean bringing in some context information now, this was written in the early 17th century, so King James I was in power. Uh, Shakespeare sort of wrote for the for the common man, and in a sense, he sort of attacks the power structures in society and sort of has a go at the way they act, um, and whether they act in act for themselves or act for the good of the people as they're meant to or as their position um, is meant to. The other idea, I think, in terms of the context is witchcraft, which would have been seen at the time as being something quite evil. So when... Macbeth does listen to the witches. Um, the audience at the time would get a sense of him being an untrustworthy person, someone as well as quite evil. You should also be looking at the language as well and look at the language that Shakespeare uses and also the structure of the play. So being a play, it means we're not just limited to text, we're also limited to things like stage directions too and um, the way the characters are positioned on the stage. Also look at some of the language. So imagery comes up a lot. We get plenty of metaphors throughout the text. bit of dramatic tension as well. So there are times when, as the audience, we know something that characters don't, um, particularly Duncan. Um, he says in Act 1 somewhere about the castle having a pleasant seat. Obviously, we know that, that at that time that Macbeth was planning to kill him. So that bit of irony or dramatic tension. Symbolism comes up too. And these are things you can sort of just add on to your essay Subtly, of course, you don't want to add them in for no reason, but just add in some ideas about symbols. So um, blood is quite a common theme throughout, and I guess sleep as well. Sleep can represent um, guilt or, or peace as well. Um, look at the structure of the play. Look at soliloquies as well. These are really important for character development. We get an idea into their mind. It is a play, so it's not like a novel told from third close person perspective or from first person perspective where pardon me where we know what the characters are thinking um the soliloquies provide us with that so we know Macbeth's sort of motivations through his soliloquies uh, and i guess the last one would be sort of paradoxes which come up a fair bit um throughout the text so um with that we have you know that Fair is foul and foul is fair. You know, lesser than Macbeth and greater, not so happy yet, so much happier. We've got those sort of paradoxes that come out through it, throughout the text. But in terms of section A, it really is all about revising. And next year for your year 12 exam, the text that you write on, you will also have studied in semester one. So bear that in mind, good little bit of practice. In terms of the text response essay, you will be responding to a topic. You get the choice of two you only need to respond to one in case you are not familiar with this phrase rtfq atfq you should remember this phrase it means read the question answer the question answer the topic don't go in with a pre-written essay you have to answer that specific topic
If you don't know what the F stands for, have a think about it. Have a clear contention, a really clear contention based on, on the topic. If it's a question asking you to what extent, mention that as well. Is it to some extent? Is it to a great extent? And also have arguments. Your arguments are your reasons for your contention. So if you're stuck for formulating arguments, my tip is always to add the word because on the end of your contention. So that's, I guess, a, a good little summary of section A, and then we move to section B, which is comparing texts. And this should be really fresh in your mind. It was only last term that you would have done your comparing. I'm not going to go through the texts themselves with this. You would have done V for Vendetta and To Kill on Mockingbird, but some of the same principles still apply. As I said, quote banks are really important. Focus on those key themes. Don't forget as well, we're not just looking at the similarities when it comes to comparative texts. We're also looking at the differences. So how do these two texts present different ideas about things like, you know, it could be discrimination, about power. Think about the differences as well as the similarities. Once again, make sure you formulate a clear contention based on the topic. Generally speaking, comparative essay topics are a little bit broader, but it is important that you form a clear contention, a key idea on it. And again, have topic sentences, have reasons for your contention. With your topic sentences, I'm massive on using sort of really simple structures. You know, both texts examine, both texts explore. Um, you know, the author and the director highlight or the play, or sorry, I should say the novel and, and the film depict. Just especially explores and examines, they're really good verbs to use that allow you to introduce an argument or an idea. And if you are struggling for arguments, think about the key themes and work from there. If you're still struggling, go to your evidence, think about what characters you can compare and try and think of a way or an idea or a word or a theme that can link those two characters together, those two ideas together. Don't forget your comparative vocabulary. So it's not just your connective simile and contrastly or in contrast and then um, putting a little common going on. It's more than that, you know, words like both, while, though, although, contrasting, conflicting, diverse. All these words can be used um, within sentences to ensure that you are comparing. And the more comparing you do, the more complex your essay is going to be. So the higher you mark, providing that you do it clearly and effectively. Please try and avoid simply talking about text one and then moving on to text two and leaving it there. Try and go um, once again back to text one and text two. Your topic sentences and your links should contain both texts. So we really want to make sure we're comparing every paragraph. Again, it's a comparative essay. The more you can compare, the better you're probably going to go. And that's the last thing. Make sure you are linking back to that overall, overall contention or that essay topic. And again, revise over those two texts. Make sure you know those texts really well. Look for any next level analysis. That could be, again, the context of both texts it could be the language that's used with v for vendetta it could be the film techniques that little bit of extra information just to show that you um, are aware of how the film or how the text is made and this moves us on to section c which is analyzing arguments again you've done this twice so far this year and it should be getting progressively um, that little bit more challenging so either more texts or less time Please, when you're doing this, don't forget the background information. It is so important and it can actually provide you with some vital clues about the context of the piece, um, perhaps some author information. 
There's so much that can be contained within that background information. Please don't forget it, and please read it at least twice. Same goes for the article. This will take up most of your reading time, so read it as many times as possible. My advice is to read it firstly to understand it. So read it once so that you understand what the article is about, what the author is trying to say. The next time, try and look at things like contention and arguments and, and try and chunk up that um, article and then look for sort of language. And as I said, the more times you read it, um, the more confident you're, you're going to be when it comes to the actual writing. As I said before, make sure you're finding arguments. If you are someone that finds it very difficult to find arguments, think about the contention of the article and just add the word because on the end. If you're struggling to find the contention, work out what the issue is and just say, does the author agree or disagree with the, with the um, issue? And that sort of can formulate your contention. And as I said, add the word because on the end of the contention. That's a good way to sort of find arguments or reasons. And if not, breaking it up. What's the author talking about at the start, in the middle, at the end, if you're really, really struggling? As I said, you've got to be flexible with this, though. There might be three arguments. There might be five or six. So really think about being flexible when it comes to the actual writing. With the topic sentences, again, I find verbs are really important. So, you know, the author opens by arguing or asserting or advocating or highlighting. Um, build that good verb list for your topic sentences and outline what the arguments are. Find those quotes which position the reader. Um, it isn't a treasure hunt. You're not trying to look for all the different devices. If something is persuasive, it's persuasive. It doesn't need to be a specific device. So think about, again, the language, the wording that's used. Stick to shorter quotes. I like two to five word quotes. You don't want to go on too long. Please make sure you're explaining your quotes as well um, in terms of the audience impact or the intended effect on the reader. If you struggle with this, once again, build a verb bank, um, you know, evokes, elicits, reconsiders, encourages, compels, really good verbs to use for audience impact. If you are struggling the question I always get kids to think about is, how does the writer want the reader to feel, think, or act? Answering that question is going to go a long way in terms of you being able to explain and analyze how the audience is positioned. And try and pinpoint the audience where you can as well. Don't be too generic. Sometimes the audience can change as well. Just like the tone of an article, the tone can change as well. Make sure you reference this throughout your texts if you can. I like the topic sentences to do this, but again, be flexible. Mention this wherever you can. Don't forget the visual. Um, Link it in, weave it in with one of the arguments. Get the basics right as well. You know, something like the author's name, if you're spelling that wrong, it, it just it's really careless. Like that information is provided for you. So get the basics right and keep your opinions to yourself. Even if you disagree with what the author is saying, you need to make sure that you leave your judgments at the door. So that's a wrap of section C. Right. Time for some overall tips in terms of the exam. And I believe today we only have 11 tips, not 13. So we've got 11 tips. We've got 11 tips for you. It might not be over yet. Five seconds to oh, you let it bounce. 13, 13. <laughs> First one, bring a dictionary. So important. You don't want to walk into the exam, get a question about a discombobulating rapprochement. Uh, you've got your dictionary there in the case that happens. So bring your dictionary. Second thing is to read your using 
you read your using time. Use your reading time properly. Make sure you can read firstly. But yes, use your reading time properly. Can I say that 15 minutes is there for a reason? And so many students don't use it properly. This is a massive advantage. If you use this reading time right, if you practice it, and yes, I am saying practice your reading time. If you practice it, you can start that exam 5, 10, maybe even 15 minutes ahead of every other student. So use your reading time properly. You want to read your uh, essay topics as quickly as you can. Hopefully, you'll be able to decide which of the two for both section A and section B you'll choose, and then get straight into section C, reading it as many times as possible. If you are looking up at any stage apart from to look at the time, I'm telling you right now, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. My next tip is to start with section C. That is unless one of the essay topics stands out for you. So sometimes, if you're really lucky, you'll get an essay topic that you've seen before, that you've written on before, that you're really confident with. If that's the case, just get straight into it. If not, start with section C. The reason we say that is because it's what you spend most of the reading time on, and during that reading time, you're going to be planning out things like your introduction, your arguments, your quotes, so it's going to be fresh in your mind. The other thing that allows you to do is, and another tip, would be to write down quotes in your task book as they come to you. So as you're writing your language analysis, or sorry, your analyzing argument essay, you're going to be thinking about your other essays and probably quotes are going to be coming in, in into your head. Just write them down. As soon as you, they come into your mind, write them down. In fact, even if they say your writing time starts now and you're someone that is quite forgetful with quotes, write down as many quotes as possible because it's going to help for when you come back to write your essay for that question. Tip five is, I've said it before, I'll say it again, R-T-F-Q, A-T-F-Q. Read the question, answer the question. Every single VCAR examiner's report has written normally, predominantly at the top, the first thing they write is don't come in with a pre-prepared essay planned, answer the question. It's that simple. Examiners know exactly if you haven't responded to the question. The next one is to always explain your quotations. Always explain your quotations. Do not leave them hanging. Think about this. Imagine giving someone a high five and then leaving you there for not just five or 10 seconds. I'm saying 30 seconds. Imagine leaving your hand there for 30 seconds. That is the amount of embarrassment that there is if you leave your quotes hanging, if you leave them there without any explaining. Don't leave them hanging. Explain them. You don't want your hand there for 30 seconds waiting for it to to be high-fived, it's really sad. Next tip is to keep an eye on, on the time and to pace yourself. Ideally, we want to be getting our language analysis done in less than an hour, probably 50 minutes, to leave us sort of that 65 minutes to do the other two essays, but do pace yourself. Uh, if you're going to leave anything out, my advice would be to leave out a conclusion, but again, um, that can vary. Uh Next tip, really important for Year 12, use this exam as a guide. Be aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and build on your weaknesses for next year. So if you're someone that struggles under time conditions, if you're someone that struggles to write um, for three hours, if you're someone who has trouble with unseen prompts and writing on those, if you have trouble not not annotating the articles and having to write without annotating, These are things that you can build on for next year. So use this exam as a guide. And again, it's also a good guide for your revision skills. What works for you and what doesn't work. Be aware of this. Awareness is so important when it comes to year 12. 
My last three tips are um, less exam related, more, less sorry, English related, more exam related. The first one is to invest in a decent pen or pens. You want something that's easy to write with that flows really nicely. Personally, I really like those erasable pens. Um, some people don't, that's cool, but I find those really, really quite useful. Always bring in a water bottle. You're in there for three hours and 15 minutes. You want to keep hydrated, especially because you have no control over the temperature. It might be a little bit chilly. It might be roasting in there. You just don't know. Make sure you have a water bottle. Fill it up with water. Um, It is really useful. Last thing is breakfast and eating before any exam. You want your energy levels to be really consistent or your writing won't be. That's pretty simple. So as I said, breakfast, I like oats and berries. That works real well for me. I like a banana just beforehand. If you're someone else, if you like something else, go for it. I'm not a massive bread person. Um, Avoid any um, high levels of sugar because chances are you're going to hit a brick wall and that is going to be no good for you. It's going to be no good for your essays. It's going to be no good for the examiner as well. So think about food as well. And I think that sort of sums up um, everything or every piece of advice that I can give you when it comes to your year 11 exam. Wishing you all the best for that, and as well as all your other exams and your three, four exam, if you have still yet to do it. And uh, yeah, stay tuned, because we're hopefully going to get um, some new 12 students from this year on a podcast in a couple of weeks to get them to share their experiences of year 12, provide you with, I guess, some first-hand experience on what year 12 is and what it takes and I guess some advice and tips they can give to you. If you would like to get in touch, you can do so at uh, 6pspodcast at gmail.com. That's 6pspodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, don't forget that proper prior preparation prevents poor performance. Are we finished? Done.